Welcome to the Halloween haunt. A little warning, your hair may stand on end. You may feel a shiver in your spine. It's a natural result of a fearful info, harrowing history, and paranormal poems and stories. And now it's time to introduce the ghastly guru of dire distress, the Halloween Haunter. <laughs> Well, it's true that Halloween is supposed to be scary. How scary depends on the age. It shouldn't be so scary that it's actually dangerous. That would discourage the appropriate celebration. Here are some tips for safe trick-or-treating. Sometimes I will speak to the adult. Sometimes the child. Sometimes both. I hope you can tell the difference. I also hope it's not too late to tell you. Make sure the costume is flame-resistant. Many costumes are dark so that they can be scary. It's also scary when a driver can't see you. Perhaps a flashlight or a large glow stick will help. If it's dark enough, a flashlight will help the little ones see as well. Use reflective trick-or-treat bags or other containers, or make them reflective with tape. If you're worried enough, there are many fun, light-colored costumes, I guess. Masks can make it difficult to see. Face paint doesn't have that problem. Make sure that you've tested it on a small area first, maybe prior to the big night, and clean it off before going to bed. If there is a hat or helmet or other headpiece, it should not obscure vision. If the costume has a sword or a knife or other accessory, Make sure it's soft and flexible, and won't make the kitty trip. And if the kitty does, it's not a big deal. I'm okay. One last thing about the costume. If you have a younger child, even up to 12, put your name, address, and phone number on their costume, just in case you are separated. It's a good idea to plan where you're going. It's not only good for maximizing the treat tank, it also helps the grown-ups figure out where it's safe and well-lit. Since kids tend to get, shall we say, excited, when trick-or-treating, the big should sit down with the little a day or two, or even a week before the big night, to go over the plan and the map and the rules. Like stay close to the familiar grown-ups. And if you want to minimize the just one more factor, Specify how many houses they will visit, so you and they can keep count. Note I said minimize. I didn't say eliminate. Everybody should walk, no running from house to house. Other rules can include staying on the sidewalks if you have them, and only cross streets at corners, and only with an adult if the child is young enough. If there are no sidewalks, stay on the side of the road facing traffic. Watch out for cars turning, and especially backing up. Look both ways before you cross the street, and don't cut across yards. If there are cars parked on the side, don't jump out from between, or even from behind one parked car. In fact, don't even cautiously go. Find another spot to cross. Even if the costume is fire retardant, lit candles and luminaries should be avoided. You want to make sure nothing catches on fire. And I don't want to be presumptuous, but I think those electronic devices should not be out if they are walking. 
If adults want them to have a phone, perhaps it can stay in the pocket, unless they get a call. And they must stop before they touch it. If you are concerned about traffic, consider going out early, I suppose. Truthfully, the idea of trick-or-treating before the sun goes down turns my stomach, but there are places where it may be a good idea, I suppose. The upside is that all the houses will still have candy. If you grew up in a rural area, or you live in one now, you may be familiar with going to neighborhoods where the houses are actually close enough to walk between to increase the hall. If you are in a suburban or urban area, you might want to hit an apartment complex or two for the same reason, especially if you only have a limited time. And of course, you could go to a more affluent area to get more full-sized candy bars. Whatever area you go to, make sure the porch light is on if no one is outside. And don't go inside. Just take the treats at the door, unless you know the family. And always an adult should accompany the little ones inside. Watch out for animals, especially dogs. Many will be quite disconcerted with the activity of so many strange-looking beasts. I mean the trick-or-treaters. Perhaps the most important tip, if your child has dietary allergies, or if you're the child and have dietary allergies, look for teal pumpkins. It's kind of a blue-green color. Those houses give treats that shouldn't affect allergies. If allergies aren't a problem, keep in mind those treats are generally healthier, without food dyes, trans fats, and fewer chemicals. Some don't like that, of course. I strongly doubt that you will find poisoned candy, but it's still a good idea for an adult to check it. Open packages, loose candy, choking hazards are all legitimate concerns. And if you don't know where a homemade treat came from, don't eat it. If you are planning to welcome the little goblins, it will be helpful to them if you sweep leaves from your walkway, steps, and porch. Make sure any obstacles, including Halloween decorations, are not in the way of little ones. And make sure your entrance is well lit enough for them to see. And doesn't have anything that will catch them on fire. If your pet gets nervous, let them relax in another part of your domicile. Be extra careful driving on the big evening, starting after school, really. You never know how early or late they will be out and those sprites will be excited and maybe unpredictable. When you turn into your driveway, go slow and look extra carefully. My, that's a lot to think about. A whole new level of scary for Halloween. Have you decided to stay in? I hope not. Go out, have fun, and of course, pay attention. It will help you remember the night as well. More about trick-or-treating is all over thehalloweenhaunt.com.